It's time to stop going to meetings. We don't mean never go to another meeting, but instead simply choose to have the right conversation with the right people at the right time. It's time to stop the routine. It's time to stop having meetings for the sake of it. It's time to stop wasting time. I'm Helen Chapman. And I'm Amy Webb. The rest is over to you. Let's get going. So, Amy, I I think that meetings get a really bad rap. I think they get a really (laughs) bad reputation. Um, And I know from experience that people blame the fact that they're in too many meetings to be able to do their work. And we we know that meetings clog up the system and... You know, in, in the last podcast, we talked about people being brought into a meeting room to be treated like an audience. And so mm-hmm. there's no wonder that people feel like they can't get their work done. Yeah. And we work with organisations who, who tell us that they've spent so long, so many hours in meetings during the day that they've actually then got to do their work at night. That's bad, isn't it? Yeah, I agree. Oh. So be in our bonnets about this because mm. I think that meetings get a bad rap where actually what it is is the way that people are engaging with meetings that is the problem. Yeah. So it's a shift in perspective, I think. Okay. So a meeting itself is an inanimate thing until until people are involved. Yes. And it's people that cause all the issues. <laughs> Yeah, as ever. <laughs> as ever. Now, the problem with people, us, mm-hmm. is that we are never the same twice. Constantly evolving. Constantly evolving, constantly changing, whether it's over time or whether it's over the course of a day even. Mm-hmm. And what we do is because... Because we have so many diverse and varying needs as individuals, we create a mini microcosm around ourselves of instability. Okay. So have you ever had a situation where your mind didn't seem as sharp as you wanted it to be in a particular moment? Oh, yeah, often. (laughs) (laughs) Often because I'm... I have a toddler and I'm always sleep deprived and I, my husband can function well on very little sleep. And I, on the other hand, before becoming a mum was a, at least eight hours a night person, preferably more. Um, So I found it particularly hard being tired, needing to show up to work, uh, you know, needing to show up in social situations. Um, All I can think of is, I'm too tired, I need more sleep. Yes. Um, and that doesn't affect everyone in the same way, but for me, that's always a massive thing. Yes. And luckily, more and more and more and more these days, when we read about, you know, good health and well-being, good mm-hmm. mental health, you know, thankfully, sleep is getting a, a big spotlight. And yeah. so sleep is like a massive player. Yeah. Um, but there are days, as we've said, where sometimes we've got more clarity of of thought than others yeah so so the way that you know the clarity of thought is a constantly shifting thing and because we multitask in our brains and we we think about a hundred different things in rapid succession 
Because mm-hmm. um, I think contrary to popular belief, when people say, I've got a lot on my mind, actually, I think there's only space for one thought at any one time, but they just come rapidly and maybe go around a roundabout yeah. of revolving thoughts. I've heard it described as having um, thoughts like a ball of wire yeah. and there's like connecting points. Yes. And you're like ping from one to the other. Yes. Which feels apt for me when my brain is really busy it's like a yes yeah yes and so sleep and then thankfully meditation and Mm. mindfulness are also becoming part of our common parlance really yes but what what i want to get to here is we can't blame meetings and the human condition is such that it's complicated to be unraveled so I want to offer us the opportunity to explore the idea that at at any moment in time, and so therefore during a meeting, whether it's Mm -hmm. in person or online, that the environment that we live in is constantly changing. And it's our recognition of that changing environment that can help us be present in a meeting. So let me let me give you an example of what I'm what I'm ranting on about. (laughs) Um, In any given hour, even. So if, if a meeting lasts an hour, you've got the clock ticking and with the clock ticking comes pressure to get through topics. You've got differing understanding as a meeting is being worked through. So information is being shared. Some people might think they understand and have growing clarity where actually they might be missing a point. Other people might feel that they're lagging behind. And so as the hour progresses, you've got shifting levels of understanding. So that is always on the move. Yeah. You've got shifting relationships. So imagine I go into a a meeting and I believe that I'm going to get support from Fred for a particular point I want to raise. And then Fred doesn't quite bring me the support that I thought I was getting. In an unspoken way, I might be a bit miffed with Fred. And so my relationship with Fred in an, you know, an unspoken way shifts in the meeting because I'm thinking, what, where are you coming from? And your brain goes elsewhere. And my brain goes elsewhere. Um. At different times in meetings, agreements appear to happen and then quite quickly are broken again because somebody brings another piece of information that so agreements are reached and then and then moves. Stamina, maybe because of lack of sleep or Mm -hmm. um, I'm tired. It's at the end of the day. Notoriously, decision making in meetings is much less effective in the afternoon or just after lunch than it is when people are maybe a bit sharper first thing in the Mm -hmm. morning. So stamina really plays a part in this shifting environment. Hunger. Yeah, I was going to say, if it's nearly lunchtime. People are peckish, it's distracting. And and that has an impact on blood sugar. Mm -hmm. And and (laughs) it makes me laugh. In the in-person meeting environments and these... um, wonderful meeting spaces that we find in these you know great meeting venues and hotels and so on what do they want to put all around the meeting room is 
croissants and pastries <laughs> and sweets and sugary <laughs> drinks and and then we wonder why you know it contributes to people's energy level and you know I've yeah. seen people nodding off in a meeting and because they're having a blood sugar dip. Well, they might be, and sometimes it appears to be just rude. <coughs> but the poor people might be responding to the fact that they're... So what I'm offering here is is an idea that in any moment of any day, and particularly in meetings, the environment is unstable. Yeah. So I'd like us to kick that about, if yeah. that's okay. So... Do you have any examples off the top of your head where you you were in a meeting and you could really see that the meeting was being affected by any of these human factors? Um, yeah, I mean, every time, actually. So I think hmm. the biggest one, the biggest one is time. Okay. Um, and what happens is, is that somebody will say, we need a meeting to discuss this. They'll then either book a Teams call online or they'll book a meeting room. They'll get people around. Um, they'll write a list of things to talk about and call it an, an agenda, put timings to it. Yeah. And then it's like a gallop against the ever-reducing time on the clock. Because they've inevitably shoved too many things on that list. Because there's too many things on the list. And it makes me think about, um, imagine somebody, a, a painter and decorator. Mm -hmm. Amy, we use a lot of analogies in our conversations, do. don't we? It helps us understand. Yeah, it's true, yeah. <laughs> um, but the, imagine a painter and decorator. And um, a painter and decorator who's skilled at their craft will know how much paint they need to paint a wall. Yeah. But somebody like me will get a can of paint, realise I'm running out of paint. And so what that causes me to do is to paint quicker. <laughs> spread it thinner. Spread it, the wall. spread it thinner. Yeah. And do it quicker. The, 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 yeah. the less paint that's in the tin, <laughs> I'll paint quicker. Yeah. Which is crazy. Of course it's crazy. But, but I do it because I'm not yeah. experienced now. It's the same really with people in meetings. So the conversation quality gets thinner and the, the chances are that people will go at it quicker thinking that they're being more efficient, but really and truly they're not. And so the pressure no. of time affects people in that way. And that I see yeah. a lot. A lot. Um, okay. And, and when, I, when I think about that is... Quite often, the need, under time pressure, to bring a topic to its conclusion, so to converge on a decision, mm. is what people think is the holy grail of that topic agenda. So we need to get we need to get an agreement and then move on. But it is equally as legitimate to purposefully leave a subject unfinished, yeah, undecided, consciously purposefully to say you know well we did run out of time it's all right but this is where we've got to yeah give ourselves the opportunity to think on it to reflect on it and next time we will pick it up from this point we'll hear overnight reflections or 
reflections of a week or something mm-hmm. we'll pick it up from here and quite often to leave a topic unfinished is better than trying to yeah. paint quicker and spread out the the conversation thinner yeah have you ever um been involved in meetings where uh because of all these unstable entities that we're discussing you know tiredness or illness or um family emergencies where someone's just completely changed what the plan was because of the people in the room does that make sense i think so and and do you think that that's appropriate what do you mean to be flexible yeah so if i'm thinking for example the 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 example i've got in my head is um me and you uh jumping on a zoom call for a meeting mm-hmm. me saying to you 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 asking how I am and I've said I actually Helen I'm really tired because my son was up four times in the night and there's been multiple occasions where you've said Amy do you need this meeting to happen at another time yeah and I've always really appreciated that but that's not I don't think uh common for people to feel like they can do that yes interesting I think you might I think you might be right I think it makes absolute common sense to do that but it's not common practice Mm -hmm. (laughs) funny I had um, an example shared with me this week about a guy who (laughs) had been so tired in a meeting that at the next meeting when people were reminding him of what he'd said he just put his hand up and said do you know what? I can't even remember saying that. I think I can't comment on my comments in that meeting. I think I was so tired. I don't even think I was making sense. Do you know, Helen, are you a Friends fan? Do you watch Friends? I used to, but I watched it was when it was the first time around. But yes, I know okay. Friends. Yeah. So there's um, there's a bit where Chandler's at work and he's, he's so tired because... I think it's because him and Monica have been trying for a baby or something. He's got all this stuff going on. He's so tired. He falls asleep in a meeting and he wakes up and agrees to move from New York from New York to Oklahoma. And then it happens. And he's agreed to it whilst half asleep in a meeting. <laughs> it made me think of that. Yeah. And, and people... <laughs> sleep and tiredness affect people in so mm. many different ways, doesn't it? So So in that sense, it's a kind of like zombie-like decision-making. Yes, yeah. Um, for other people, so so for me, I know that I get I get short, a few short fuse and I get irritable mm-hmm. because I'm tired. And by the yeah. way, I'll be packing in sugar and carbs. I will be storm eating um, yeah. and just not even thinking about what's going in my mouth. And that all happens when I'm tired. Yeah. So, yeah, the human condition means that if if... What I said at the beginning of this, we can't blame the meeting yes. for poor performance. The meeting yeah. isn't a thing without the people in it. Yeah, it's just a, a bit on a calendar. Yes, exactly. It's just a, it's not a thing all on its own. Yeah. If we don't take into consideration all of the moving parts then we are not doing ourselves and the people that we're you know, in that meeting with a good service, we're not going to get a good outcome. Yeah. Um, so another one to another one to bring up is that when we we touched on this earlier is 
people's minds wander. So you you described, you know, the the wire ball of of thought. Mm-hmm. Um and I was saying that a thought can people say I've got a lot on my mind and the truth is is that they can you can only ever have one thing going through but it can come really quickly. Yeah. And people people's minds we are unruly. We you know yeah. we've talked about this before where I don't want to be, I'm a creative sort of person, so are you. Mm -hmm. And so to force either you or me into a tight, time-bound list called an agenda and force us to work in a sequential way down a timed list is probably the worst thing that you and I could ever imagine. Yeah. For others, um, you know, people on our team and people that we work with, to have structure and that timed list is the most important thing. And so to recognize that a timed agenda isn't going to do it for all. And the rebel in you and I (laughs) and people that we work with will always look for ways to break free. Yeah. To bring other examples to you know, to want to explore something in a bit more detail. To offer a challenge. To offer a challenge. Yeah. You do this all the time with me, to offer a provocation or check with me. How do you know that? Can you give me Mm -hmm. an example of that? Mm -hmm. Um, So the rub comes, I guess, between people in meetings where you've got the people who feel safe within that time agenda and the people who feel constrained about it. But for both types we still have unruly minds. Yes. Um, There is a poem that I love and ah, for the life of me, I can't think of the full name of the lady. I think somebody Mitchell. We will put it in the show notes. Okay. The poem is called People Etc. Mm -hmm. And... There's a line in the poem, or there's one of the stanzas that talks about people are fun to notice. Their eyes take off like birds away from their words. Yeah. And I see this in meetings all the time. People will say something and even they who are saying it their eyes will take off because they're thinking of something else. And then the people around the table, you know, to get people to concentrate and stay concentrated on a subject matter without their eyes and minds taking off like birds away from that is a really, it's a hard thing to do. Yeah. So how do you do it? Well, so it caused me to think about it a bit Mm. and realise that um, that particular poem is organized around the senses. Yeah. So it works through people are fun to see, people mm-hmm. are fun to hear, people are fun to taste. I mean it's a it's a quirky poem but it's about the senses. Yeah. And it reminds me that not always do people have full access to all of their senses. So oftentimes we will I assume that people in in virtual or online meetings, you know, have the the benefit of sight and sound Mm. that they're able to engage. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, that would be a whole other podcast for us to explore. Yeah. How accessible online meetings as well as in-person meetings are for yes. people who yeah, don't yeah. have access to all of those senses. So that's a that's a thing. Yeah. Um, but assuming that accessibility is something that we've solved or have attended to. Yeah. The 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 surefire way to get people to really concentrate and to be engaged is if each person really knows why they're needed in that meeting. Okay. So just to be on the addressee list as renter crowd. Yeah. Is a way to make people turn up, be at, you know, act as an audience potentially. Yeah. And not fully be participative. Whereas if you know that I need you in this meeting, Amy, because I really want you to provoke me. I really want you to be calling out. Yeah. Helen, how do you know you're right? Helen, what might you be missing? Or I want Phoebe in the meeting because she might be saying, Helen, there's another way to do this. Yeah. Or Ben might be in the meeting because he will hold us to process and he will say, okay, all right, all you creative people, let's just stay (laughs) grounded. Yeah. So if each individual knows what it is that they're there for and what what role it is that they're playing or what their contribution is, they're less likely to wander. Yeah. So practically within a meeting, how do you... You can... Obviously, we're talking about unstable entities. You can never fully stop someone's mind wandering. But what can we all do to try and help with that natural inclination? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, when we've talked previously and you've suggested, for example, putting in pauses to summarise or Mm -hmm. to give people, I think that's a good one. Yeah. Um, another good one is to give everybody a focal point. So this is where working visually um, works. Yeah. And, and just on that point of accessibility, so I've I've you know worked a number of times with people in meetings who haven't had the gift of sight, for example. Yeah. And so working visually, how does that work for them? And so yeah. what what I do in that instance is ask them before the meeting how best to do this. So this is going to be a session where we're mapping, mind mapping some thinking or doing some process mapping in a on a wall, mm. how best for you to engage with this? And that each person will give you a different a different answer. So to make a it... A personal answer, To yeah. give them visibility in the way that they need to. Um, but to give people visibility um, as a point of reference, so working into a visual space like Miro or Mural yeah. in the virtual Uh, online world or on the wall yeah putting up um a a record or getting people to work visually together does a number of things it's um active active participation active engagement so people are busy and engaged in the act of collaborating which gives us more option for people to stay fully engaged because they're taking part physically. Yes. Um, The other thing that working visually does is gives the group a point of reference. So where, let's imagine that we've tracked a conversation 
during the first hour of the meeting and now we are actually here. If yeah. you visually tracked the first hour, you can go back to a point we made earlier, visibly. Mm -hmm. But we can also keep the focal point on and we are at this point now, which might be a point of exploration. It might be a point of decision making, uh, but it focuses the the eye and the, the mind. Yeah. And then the final thing is, let's imagine you are bringing me... Um, a complex thought, which you do quite often. <laughs> you know, you'll throw something in that gives us all cause to, oh, okay, let's have a think about this one. <laughs> in order for you to feel heard, if your complex mm. thought is shared in words on a, a post-it or on a chart somewhere, there's a better chance that you as the offerer of the thought feels heard because your yeah. idea has gone up. And it gives the group listening to you chance to actually see what Amy meant. Yes. Because if I, if as the facilitator, I write up what I think you meant and I've got it wrong, I know you're going to tell me. So you will clarify, actually, Helen, that isn't quite what I meant. I meant this. Yeah. Which means the group then really get a second chance of, ah, this is what Amy was really meaning. Yeah. So all of that is a very practical way of helping people stay focused and concentrated, um, yeah. you know, to help add value to the conversation. It's, it's, it sounds to me, listening to that practical advice, that it's like, it's about acknowledging that you can never stop humans being humans. So therefore... It's something we just have to accept that people's minds will wander, they will drift off, they will be tired. You know, they might not be 100%. So what can we do in those situations to still get good results anyway? So with the visualisation, for example, it means that if someone was daydreaming when, you know, so-and-so said that comment half an hour ago, if it wasn't visually recorded, it's lost for that person yeah. because their mind was elsewhere. Whereas having the record means they can go back and go, oh, I missed that comment because <laughs> my mind was wandering. Yes. And it's not, as you say, it's not useful to blame people for their natural inclination. So instead, what can we do to help us yeah. as a group of humans yes. achieve this you know, goal, which um, sometimes, you know, the meetings that we're in are long and uh, complicated and you're, you're bound to lose concentration. Expecting people not to is irrational. Exactly. And I think to remember that the, you know, the senses that we have available to us mm. um, are valuable and that we should, we should do the best that we can to engage those senses and to stimulate them. Yeah. So we often play music, don't we? I was just going to say about playing music. Yeah. It, it sets a tone, it brings a mood. It brings yeah. a vibe and uh, it can help. But um, in, these, in these lockdown times, I know teams who've had pizzas sent, you know, <laughs> you, so you can stimulate the sense of taste yeah. and, you know, there, yeah. are, there are creative things that you can do. Yeah. What if you think about the um, if you think about the idea of the unstable condition of being human, 
one of the things that we do on top of all of that to really, really bring home misunderstanding, which is what instability brings. But, you know, we really bring it home by we do a spot of mind reading. Mm. So I will look at you or look at whoever it is in a meeting and and I'll think, um, you know, oh, Amy switched off or, you know, I'm looking at her face and I'm thinking, oh, Amy doesn't like what I'm saying here or Amy's looking out of the window. I wonder wh- whether she's bored <laughs> or... And so what I do is I mind read everybody that's on the call or yeah. in the room if I'm not careful. <laughs> and I'll, I'll make assessments and ju- judgment based on years of experience, and I'm right, of course I'm right, that um, Amy must be bored because, um, you know, she's looking away. Mm. But this element of mind reading is risky, it's dangerous, and nine times out of ten, we're wrong. Mm. And so I remember the guy who used to sit back in his chair. He was my boss, big boss. He used to sit back in his chair. He used to turn his head to one side his chin would be pointed up in a, an upright direction. Um, his hands were, fingers were interlaced, sort of sitting in his lap. And and I would be speaking, thinking, I am boring this guy. I really am boring it and I never feel like I'm bringing him anything good enough. Mm. So my mind reading is, he doesn't like me. He, um, he has little time for what I'm saying. And it wasn't until years later that I was able to ask him, when you used to sit and listen to me that way, it used to really put me off. Mm. Oh, Helen, haven't I ever told you? Um, I'm quite hard of hearing in my left ear. And so if I turn my right ear to you, I can hear you better. I love what you're saying. So the mind reading element of it created yet more instability in my relationship with him, which if I'd inquired about it earlier, or if he'd had the idea to tell me, it would have helped. Yeah. I um I get that a lot because my my natural face is not particularly smiley, especially if I'm concentrating or I'm thinking about something. And I often get people saying, "Amy, are you all right? You look really cross." <laughs> and I'm like, "No, I'm fine." <laughs> but because their perception of my, you know, and it, it's something we we are wired to do. You know, we 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 are we have human nature. We is how we survive. Is making uh, inferring things from from body language and facial expressions but it is important to check yes i agree and so if you see somebody's eyes flying away from their words mm. the mind reader in us might say they're bored their minds are wandering where actually they might do their thinking up in that space yeah so i think the um the watch out here is don't assume Mm-hmm. If you catch yourself mind reading, realize that although we've got a lot of inbuilt intuition, which often can help serve us, sometimes it can bring us red herrings as well. Yeah. Yeah. And what would your advice be to counter that? Is there a way that you could, you know, maybe have a bit of a check in or a question you could ask if you find yourself leading? a meeting or facilitating a meeting and you're you're assume you find yourself assuming things what w- how would you then kind of stop that train um i would ask a question mhm 
um, something like, what do you think about that? You know, and something then, open, something open. Um, I might say something like, I realize I've got a strong opinion about this. Yeah. You might see it differently. You know, what do you see? What are your thoughts? What are your reflections? Where do you think I might be getting this wrong? Is to yeah. ask that question. Try and not put your own filter on it too yes. much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so this idea of instability, um, mm. I just think that if it's true, which I think it is, that everything is energy, mm. which I know you have thoughts about. Yeah. <laughs> energy, I think, is is best when it is able to flow. Yeah. When it's able to move. And when things like strict agendas, like really nailed down agendas, or even yeah. agendas that are way too loose to know what to do with them. Yeah. Rest too much restriction or too much freedom, I think, does things to the flow of energy between people that isn't helpful. Mm -hmm. So for me, the watch out is recognize that everything is energy. Energy shifts between human beings all the time, you know, whether it's time, understanding, relationships, blood sugar, attention span, use of the senses, is make allowances for human beings mm. and think about how to create the conditions for people to truly engage rather than just say, it's a meeting, it's a problem. Yes. Switch it up and do something better. If you'd like to contact us, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at TFP underscore meetings. Or you can head over to our website, thefacilitationpartnership.com. <laughs>